All right, we are six weeks in to our podcast here. As Jeff reminded me earlier, we are in week seven of college football, though. Is that is that right? Am I right? That is right. That is right. Such Damn a, right. Such a prick sometimes. We, we have a show note, which he just has started using this week, as to where I put the topics and stuff we were going to talk I about. <laughs> I sent it to you before. Anyway, <laughs> it's where we I put the show topics so we kind of have a, a running uh, communication, well, one-sided communication for a while about the topics, and I would put the week above the topics for what week we are in the episode. So he gets here and he's trying to be real pretentious and it's like, um, I changed your show sheet, just so you know. We're in week seven of college football. I mean, I'm saying, like, I know you're pulling out the big words. Like, you must, do you have that dictionary toilet paper where you learn to learn a big word before you wipe your ass? Because that, that seems you, what you're using. You sent it to me. What? That that toilet paper. Pretentious? No, the toilet paper. Would oh, be, I sent you yeah. the toilet paper? Oh. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we do have a lot to talk about today. Talk we about are crashing <laughs> in week seven of college football, episode six. We've done this for six weeks, man. I'm proud of us. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Jeff, you want to real quick tell us why uh, we couldn't record on Monday? Nope, because you already you already broke federal laws and put it out there. How's that federal law? Because you can't tell people about my issues without my permission. Oh well, and you were completely wrong, by the way. So it doesn't well, matter. I just had I had laryngitis. <laughs> it had nothing to do with football. I just had laryngitis. Okay, well, you know, I tried to make it, you know, football-related. My bad. Yeah, I mean, you tried. <laughs> anyway, we are going to talk about just it a lot a today. <laughs> you can't talk football. Today. Wait, 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 wait. So I just looked up, right? So we record this in, in Justin's basement, right? Uh -huh, mm -hmm. And and I look up, you know, keep in mind, he's a highly paid no, TV no, no, producer. No. And I look up, and this dude's drinking natural light. That is not mine. That's my He's own. drinking natural light. It, oh, but I guess it's in a glass bottle, so I guess that makes it better. Is that like natural light platinum? My brothers were over here Saturday. That was theirs. <laughs> not mine. Anyway, we're going to get into a lot of topics today. A lot of uh, SEC-related topics. We're going to start with Baylor. It's been a disaster over the there. SEC, by the way. Hmm? They're not in the SEC. No, but we're going to start with Baylor in the COVID disaster that's happening over there. Okay. We're going to talk about something we talked about last week and mm -hmm. the scenario of possibly three SEC teams in the championship, if we still believe that after seeing some of these teams play. We'll talk about Georgia playing Bama. It's a big game. It could have a lot of implications going forward. And then Jeff's Georgia Tech or Jeff's Clemson plays Georgia Tech this week. We'll talk about Tech as a program. And then we're going to get back on the rankings. And, you know, not necessarily the AP poll and the coaches poll, but a lot of media people, sports media people, are, are putting out their rankings, and they're a little confusing to me. We're going to talk about that. So let's just jump right into the Baylor stuff. Uh, they have had an abundance of positive cases yeah. lately. I mean, it's, it's been, they've shut down everything. Yep. Um, and it implicates the entire Big 12. It's not just a Baylor issue because, you know, now we understand the Big 12 has kind of fallen off and very unlikely they send a team to the playoff. But imagine if this is happening and Oklahoma or Texas are still undefeated and they're losing a game because Baylor might have to shut the season down for good. So, you know, what are your thoughts on, on what's happening at Baylor and if it's something that college football will learn from or is it something that could happen at other programs? So I disagree. I don't think, I don't think this is indicative of the Big 12 at all. You have one program who's decided that they're not going to follow directions uh, and they're not going to follow safety protocols. And so you have the entire offense – uh, with COVID, as well as most of the coaching staff, uh, because none of them are responsible. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, and I said this last week to, to my best friend whose stepdaughter is a sophomore at Baylor. Uh, the entire program should be shut down. Like, they have no business playing the rest of this year because they clearly are not responsible enough to take the proper safety measures, and they clearly don't have enough – um, response. They they don't have enough responsible players within the program themselves to, to know whether they should go out or not, or whether they should be doing stupid things. And they clearly are doing a lot of that. So if you can't be responsible and you can't follow protocols that are in place, uh, because it's not happening across the Big Twelve, like it, it is simply happening at Baylor, which means you have a bunch of irresponsible young men there who who can't do what they're asked to do in order to play football. So shut it down. I, I don't care if it looks bad. I don't care that that it, it may hurt other. Oh damn well, right? I mean, we're we're in week seven of college football, and they were one of the first. You know, they were one of the first uh, um, conferences to play football this year. Baylor's played what one game? Like shut it down. Who gives a shit? They were never in line to get into the college football playoff. Even if they had run the table this year, it was never going to happen. Um, you know, they clearly again. They are not doing what they need to do to be safe. Shut it down. They have zero business playing. No, and I agree. And you you were talking about this is not indicative of just the Big Twelve. It's mm-hmm. a single, you know, program. You know, we were talking earlier, and you mentioned in the, in the show note about Florida. Yep. You know, have they're having some cases, but they're still playing LSU this week. They are not, or they're not so playing LSU. Sorry. They they canceled. They made the announcement at two o'clock this afternoon that they are going to move that game to December twelfth. Okay. Um. Now. Keep in mind that the SEC requirements say that you have to have at least 53 uh, members of your team able, healthy to play. Um, I know right now uh, Vanderbilt has 56 current cases. Florida apparently has 19 or 20 current cases. Um, now, again, when I say cases, I don't mean like people that have actually tested positive with COVID with contact tracing. Yeah. It's up to 50 now that are being quarantined or up to 20, whatever it is. They've decided that I think both of those teams are going to move their games back this week. Um, I, I mean, I think anybody who thought that we were going to get through college football season without any of these issues was smoking some really, really bad meth. It wasn't even good <laughs> meth. It was really bad meth, right? So I, I, all of this was expected. I don't think anybody should be shocked by this. I think when you look, we've gotten th- basically halfway through the season at this point. Uh, and teams overall have done a really good job of, yes, you've had probably 30 games canceled or, or postponed or whatever, or rescheduled. We knew that was going to happen. And, and so I, I don't have an issue with what's going on. I, I, you know, it's just one of those, it's one of those years where you're just like, screw it. Whatever happens, happens, man. Like if, if as long as we got some college football this weekend, I don't care who it is. Yeah. It, this was never a question of if it was a question of when. Yeah. And, you know, we knew stuff like this was going to happen. I am you know pleasantly surprised about how few times it's happened so far this season like you were saying we're half you know granted we've had two program or two conferences not even start yet but the fact that we've had you know three major conferences go this long and we're just now getting to the to the place where games are getting canceled games are getting moved you know i think that speaks a lot of 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 how these programs are handling it the right way and i think you're only seeing florida do this because even though they lost last week they still have a chance to get to a championship game oh yeah for and, sure, and I think if if this was any other like if this was Florida two or three weeks from now they'd lost again they'd still play this game, mm-hmm. but because they still have a, a chance at getting to a, a championship game they still I hate when people say you control your destiny because you don't control destiny, <laughs> uh, but because their future is in their hands they're going to take this step to ensure that they can play a game healthy that matters at the end of the, at the end of the day. Yeah, no, one hundred percent true, and you know when you have the opportunity to still compete. You want to put your team in the best best position to compete. Yep. So yeah, and you know we were t- we were speaking of Florida, 
And speaking of the SEC and having a chance at the title, you know, something we talked about last week was the fact that the SEC realistically could have three people or three teams represent them, the SEC in the playoff. Now, after watching Bama and Old Miss, after watching Florida lose to Texas A&M, after, you know, watching Georgia kind of struggle to Tennessee. I mean, in my opinion, Tennessee didn't lose that game as much as, I'm sorry, Georgia did not win that game as much as Tennessee lost that game. Um, so do you still feel strong in saying that there's a chance that three SEC teams could make the playoff? I don't know that I even last week I felt strong about it. You know, was there a chance? Yeah, there's a chance. I mean, I think we know a lot more about the SEC now than we did a week ago. Uh, I've never been an, an SEC like uh, fan. I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. To put it nicely, to as I watch my mouth a little bit, um, <laughs> I, I just I don't. The conference has a couple of really good teams, and then it has a bunch of average teams. It has some really shitty. It's like every other conference yeah, in America, right? Agreed. Like they're still living off accomplishments from two thousand seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. Like they aren't as good um, from top to bottom. They've never been good top to bottom. Like let's let's just stop that bullshit now. They've never been elite top to bottom. They've had a couple of really good teams up top followed by some mediocre and followed by some terrible teams. Uh, again, just like the ACC, just like the Big Ten or the Big 12, the Pac-10, you know, all of those conferences have really good teams and they have really bad teams, um, you know, because you've had Alabama, LSU, and Auburn win national titles over the last 15 years. All of a sudden, it's like they're they're elite programs or, or, or it's an elite conference. And then, you know, you start to get into the, well, we've had 60 NFL guys drafted. That's fantastic. You know, you had an Arkansas team go like 0-40 last year. Yeah. Like, I just... But, but won, Arkansas won their first conference game in, what, two seasons? Yeah. Like, it's 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 terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, I go back, and last year, LSU, as, as the current national champion, last year in the SEC, did not face back-to-back winning teams in the SEC last year. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Alabama two years ago didn't happen. Right? So, like, miss me with this whole gauntlet when you're facing teams that are 5-5 five and five or 4-5 and five or end up in 6-6. Six and six. Like, it's just not – it's not a gauntlet. So, uh, you know, going back to your question, no, after what we saw last week, how in the hell do you, do you argue Alabama is one of the top teams in the country when they gave up 700 yards to Ole Miss? Yeah, well, did you hear um, Nick Saban after the game basically, you know, to me this is a cop-out, saying he, it felt like they had their plays. Yeah, and somebody should have gotten him a napkin to wipe the nonsense off his chin, <laughs> right? Like, if you are Alabama and you are that good, it doesn't matter if they know the players or not. You you should still have the manpower to go out execute and out muscle and out weight room everybody. Like, I get it. They're you know the SEC players at Ole Miss too, right? But they're not the same SEC players. Like, let's let's keep it one hundred, uh, as the young kids will say. They're not the same echelon. They're not in the same. Uh, even realm of college football. Yeah. Uh, but know, I think, I mean, to me, I think, you know, this plays a little bit into it as well. You know, Lane Kiffin was with Nick Saban for years. He went against that defense every day in practice. Sure. He understood how Nick Saban operates, and I'm sure that played a little bit into it. But to, for Nick Saban to come out and be like, oh, he, had, he knew our plays. Like, Dude, you, you, got pushed, act, yeah. you got pushed around. You Granted, your offense did its part. You put up 63 points. Yeah. You won the game. But d- don't make excuses. Like, you had a hard-fought game. Yep, and that's all it is, is excuses. It, you know, you know, going to the Alabama-Georgia matchup this weekend, mm-hmm. I just don't – Georgia fans really do believe – and here's the best description that people – that I heard somebody describe Georgia with. <clears throat> Alabama ego with the Vanderbilt trophy case, <laughs> right? And, and that is very apropos. But uh, we're, we're, before we get more into that game, 
that's that's indicative of a lot of teams in the SEC. Sure. They they ride the coattails of Alabama, who is I mean, you can't take anything away from Alabama. They have they have done their part for the better part of a decade sure. or more. Yep. They've carried this conference. They've had championship after championship, and you have teams like Georgia, teams like you know Tennessee, who want to act like oh we are in the SEC, we're so much better than everybody, when they have nothing to show for it. Right. Like yeah, okay, Georgia, you've won a few SEC East titles, cool. Awesome. You, you made a playoff where you blew it. Right. Cool. You don't have the hardware to back up the talk. Well, you don't even have it's not you don't even have the appearances. Right? Like Georgia's had one appearance in the college football playoff and great, you made it to a national title game. Uh, but what did you follow that up with? Oh yeah, it was a loss to Texas. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you just you, Oh, that, that they didn't care about that right. game. Right. And that's the other thing. Like the the <laughs> The excuses that come out out of the SEC are just too convenient, and, yeah. and they always have one, man. It's it's just it's absolutely terrible. Um, look, it's good college football, there's no doubt, but like let's let's take a step back and let's let's give the conference um, let's give it the appropriate ranking. It's it's I don't know that it's the best. It's clearly not the worst. No, um, but you know, like every other conference, you can make an argument. Um, that they are exactly where everybody else is. And that's the beauty of it. I mean, you don't play each other. You might play a Carlos Conference game one or two times a year. You know, an Alabama might play an ACC team. A Big Ten team might play right. a Pac-12 team. Like, you're not, you know, you're not getting a Georgia versus Michigan every year. You're not getting an Alabama versus Oregon every year. Like, so, yeah, it's very easy for, if you're a fan of a conference, to tout your conference as being the best, regardless of who you play. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, even the Big Ten, you got a lot of Big Ten teams, Nebraska, Michigan State, riding the coattails of Ohio State. Sure. You get a, you know, a Duke and a North Carolina riding the coattails of Clemson. Sure. You know, whatever fan base you go to, you it it there's parity. It, it goes always. But when we go back to this game this week, regardless of your thoughts on Alabama and Georgia, you know, they're still very good football teams. And there's a very good chance they're both in the playoff. So this game could be a preview of a playoff game or a national championship game. Who do you feel like has the edge this weekend? So l- let me start out by saying I completely disagree with you. I, I don't <laughs> think this is a preview of, of a college football game. I didn't say it game. is. I said it could be. You said Right. You said there's a really good chance that, that this is, and I disagree. I, I think okay. I, I just i am not impressed with either of these teams. Um, you know, when you look at Georgia, they've all three games, when you, when you look at the start to their season, um, whether you're talking Arkansas week one, you're talking Auburn week two. You're talking Tennessee week three. This is a, a program that has not gotten started offensively until the third quarter. I don't care how good your defense is. I don't care how elite you think your defensive line is. Uh, when If you wait till quarter three against Alabama to get it going offensively, no, chances are you're probably down 21 to nothing at halftime. This is not Tennessee. This is not Auburn. This is not Arkansas. Uh, th- this Alabama offense is as good as anybody in the country, uh, and their defense. Yes, they gave up. You know, they gave up fifty three points. Fifty, yeah, whatever or it was, forty eight, forty eight points and seven hundred yards or six hundred eighty five yards last yeah. week. Uh, Georgia does not have the offensive coordinator that Ole Miss does. No, like you can hate Lane Kiffin all you want. He's one of the best OCs in college football and has been for a very That's long why time. Every job he's ever burned himself at, he gets rehired somewhere else. Yes, because he can <laughs> score and he and he showed he can score on the best of them. Right. Yep. So I, I look at this game, man, and, and I get it. Alabama, Georgia on paper it should be great. It's two versus three. If Georgia wins this game, it's a huge upset. 
and I mean huge. And it's not because they're, they're ranked third in Alabama's two, because, you know, two, three, you could make the argument you could flip them. But here's why. I've got, I've got a couple reasons why this is, would be a huge upset. One, because there is clearly a, a Bama – there's clearly a, a Bama block at UGA. You know, mm-hmm. the last couple times they've played, Georgia has, has blown two, three touchdown leads. Uh, Kirby Smart has crapped the bed every single time because he doesn't want to, like, show up Nick Saban. So there's clearly an Alabama block. you got to get past that. Then I look at the fact they just aren't – Georgia fans think they belong in this game. I don't know that Georgia players do, right? You know, it's a lot of five-star kids. It's a lot of really great, talented kids. I'm sure it's a lot of kids that are going to go on and make a lot of money in the NFL. That's yeah. great. Um, but you have yet to, you know, who's the, who's your best win? Like, when you and you look at, at, at the juniors and seniors on this Georgia team, what's their best win over the last two or three years? I, I, I'm, I'm like, literally, I come up with a blank. Uh, Florida, maybe. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's just nothing there that you go, wow, you know, they're going to build off of this. And then, two, the other reason, the last reason, I guess this is three, the last reason that this would be a huge upset is because Kirby Smart's 22-0 and against his former assistants. Yeah. Like, there's a reason these guys haven't beat him yet. And so, to me, when you put all of that together, and I know Georgia fans are like, no, this wouldn't be an upset. We, we belong. That's fine. You can think you belong, but there's nothing tangible to prove you belong. That's why this would be a big upset, and this is just another game for Alabama. And and I don't know when was the last time we saw Alabama play really bad back to back games. Never. Yeah, I can't think of, I it. Can't think of one. Uh, so I, I just I think you're going to see a much different Alabama team than you saw this last week, and maybe that played a part in it, right? Maybe they were looking past Ole Miss to look at Georgia, which yeah. happens all the time with it the does. 18 to 22 year old. So. I just I, I don't be shocked if, if Georgia gets blown has their doors blown off and they lose this game 35 12 35 17 yeah like I think and I don't even know if that happens that the, the 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 game will be as close as that score might indicate yeah yeah I mean it might say two and three on paper but to go back on your points like it if Georgia was to win this game just because you're only one spot below them does not mean it's not a giant upset because right. when you look at what's on the line, when you when you look at the history of the rivalry, when you look at what you know how Alabama has beaten Georgia in certain situations, yep. there's so much more riding on this game for Georgia. Mm-hmm. If Georgia, or I'm sorry, if Alabama loses this game, it's going to be a harder path to get into the playoff. But more than likely, if Georgia loses, who's got the better path with a loss, Alabama or Georgia? Probably Alabama. Yeah. You know, if Georgia or Alabama both have one loss here. Alabama's got a, a better path to get to the playoff, in my opinion. So, well, they've also got ten years worth of built up clout exactly, too. Exactly. So this it goes back to the point that there's just a lot more riding yep. on this game for Georgia than Alabama. Again, it mean it means a lot for both of them. But if you're going to put it on paper and you know talk about rankings and stuff like that, it's still a, it would be a huge upset if Georgia could pull this off. You know, and to that to your point, if if Alabama loses this game, right, and they still have their season to play out. They still get to play Arkansas. They mm-hmm. still get to play Auburn, and they still get to play Tennessee, right? So they still get to have common opponents in touch with Georgia. And so if Georgia beats them on a last-second field goal, but then Alabama comes out and 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 you know, say you know same team uh, type scenarios, which we know the college football playoff committee looks at. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if Alabama makes this even worse than than Georgia did. There's going to be some benefit of the doubt that will be given to Alabama for that reason. No, for sure. And, you know, 
Florida lost this past weekend, but yep. Georgia still got to play Florida. They do, and that's always a it's a rivalry. It's a big game, and you know that could play a lot into yep. what's going to happen in the future. And again, goes back to why you know I don't believe that three SEC teams will make the playoff now with Florida only having with already having one loss. Georgia probably losing this week. It's more likely just going to be Alabama representing the ACC. But we're going to stick with Georgia sports and Georgia football. Georgia Tech. I'm I'm really enjoying watching Tech now, mainly because I'm not watching the 1920s triple option anymore. <laughs> um, it's 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 really nice to see a Georgia Tech team out, because I mean you think about it, the last time we saw Georgia Tech play with an actual offense was Reggie Ball, and he was the twelfth man for any team he was playing against. God. So you know once he was gone, they you know went triple option, and here we are back to an actual offense. So it's it's refreshing. It's fun. They had a really good comeback win against Louisville. Yeah. You know, th- th- they're they're years away, in my opinion, from being a competitive team in for a national you know picture. But Georgia hasn't won a national championship since the since the eighties. With Tech rebounding and and trying to make their you know their push into the SEC and be a competitive team in the ACC, which uh-huh. Clemson's going to have a lot to say about that, especially when they play this week. Mm-hmm. But do you think Tech? could realistically win a championship before Georgia does? Uh, I mean, you know, Georgia Tech's title drought has been 30 years. You know, Tech's, or Georgia's is 40. Um, look, I, I think I, I'm a big Jeff Collins fan. I think he's done everything that, that Tech fans have been screaming for, for coaches to do, which is embrace the city of Atlanta mm-hmm. for a long time. And I've said this for a long time. Um, you know, Georgia Tech coaches have treated – they have treated their fan base and their program like it's a private school when, in mm-hmm. fact, it's a public school. Yep. Uh, and instead of being like a Notre Dame where Notre Dame doesn't care what your color is, what your what your paycheck status says, they embrace everybody, right? And it, they don't care about any of that nonsense. They care that you're rocking something that says Notre Dame on it, you know, whether you got it from – uh, you know, you get it from you know fanatics, or you go to the goodwill and get it. They yeah. just care that their emblem is out there. Whereas Georgia Tech has been like, nope, you're black, you can't wear this. Nope, you're Hispanic. Nope, you can't wear this. Nope, you're Asian. <laughs> nope, you can't. Right? Like if you weren't white, you weren't wearing Notre, you weren't wearing Georgia Tech stuff. Yeah. And Jeff Collins has come in and was like, wait a second, y'all. Like, tear it down. Why are we doing this? Like, why why are we not being all inclusive? And you look at the marketing. The marketing is all inclusive to Atlanta. Yep. He's embracing everything that they need in order to be successful. And then you look at the products on the field. And and it's amazing, by the way, how all of a sudden Paul Johnson can recruit these guys because of academic restrictions, which is something that I, I fucking hate. Tech, like fans. <laughs> well, they got to take calculus. Um, I, I hate to break it to you, but if you go look up all any of the – look at most of the football players. One, most of them are communication majors. Yep. Uh, they're either communication or they are history majors. Uh, and I can promise you – since I know the USG system, they're not taking calculus. No. Uh, and, and people fail to realize that 2011, Paul Johnson was given carte blanche to, as long as they can meet the NCAA requirements to be admitted into school, that Georgia Tech would admit his football players. Jeff Collins has gone out there, and, and, and I actually wrote a story today on rubbing the rock about Jeff Sims. Like, I, you know, we played Georgia Tech this week. Jeff Sims, in the first five, five weeks of his season, has been the ACC Rookie of the Year twice. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this is a guy who had been committed to Florida State for a long, long time. Uh, Norville came in and was like, nope, sorry, we don't want you. And so Jeff Collins was like, dude, I'll take you here now. 
and he trotted him out there week one. And, and look, when you have a young quarterback, when you have you know he's going to have some deer in the headlight moments. Yeah, he's going to struggle. Uh, but uh, he's had some spectacular moments. The, the game doesn't seem too big for him. It seems to slow down at points for him, and you've seen that, you know, especially last week. You know, Louisville came out, and, and you know they, it looked like they were going to curb stop Georgia Tech, and then all of a sudden that kid settled down. Everybody kind of fed off of him. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, to you know, make a, a long story even longer, I, I think at some point Georgia Tech, um, and it may be five years from now, it may be ten years from now, I don't know. I think Jeff Collins is going to win. I think he's going to do a really good job of making them competitive again. Um, but, yeah, I think Georgia Tech has a better chance at winning a national title before Georgia does. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I do agree. It always confused me growing up, you know, just outside of Atlanta, why UGA was such a more popular school. Like, I could never wrap my head around it because – you're in the city, like you were in Atlanta, like a big market, big city. Because you can't cow tip in, in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> but I was always confused as to why why Georgia Tech didn't have as much of a following as UGA did, and I'm hoping that this this change of of you know culture and the program starts bringing more of Atlanta fan, you know, people around Atlanta to be fans of Georgia Tech because there's so much to offer. I mean. Bobby Dodd Stadium, a great just central location. Like no matter where you are on the stands, you got a great view of the city. It's one of my favorite stadiums. Right. In college football. I mean, just I mean, anytime I'd watch, yep. you know, Thursday night football, and they were in in Atlanta, and they'd have like the sky view camera yep. behind the stadium, and you see the fans packed and the and the the city skyline. It's just yep. it's amazing. Yep. And there's not a bad seat there. There's either, not a by bad seat in the house. Nope. I mean, you're within walking distance to almost any kind of restaurant you can think of. Yep. I mean, I just I'd never understood why there wasn't more hype around this program and understand academics, the, you know, snooty, you know, I'm a Georgia tech kid, whatever, but it's, it's, that's not about, it's not what it's about anymore. Like, yes, I get it. You go to tech, you're a smart kid. You're more likely going for engineering, architecture, whatever, but you know, embrace your football program. You know, let's, let's build it up. Cause I I do think they have a lot of potential and I do believe that, you know, at this rate, because if Kirby smart can't get over the hump, you saw what happened to Mark Rick. You saw the, the short leash he got later on in, in his career. And if Kirby Smart can't get over that hump either, you know, it's to me it's all going to come down to how much longer Nick Saban coaches. If Nick Saban retires in the next three years right. and Kirby can hang around, then Georgia might get over the hump early. But if Nick Saban sticks around, I do. I think I think Tech gets gets a championship before before Georgia can. And here's how you know that people at UGA are worried about Georgia Tech, and that may that that might make some people laugh. I bet they're happy they're not playing them this year. But here's and I agree by the way. <laughs> uh, here's how you know they're worried about Georgia Tech up there in Athens because they've changed their marketing ploy as well. And if you notice now, all of a sudden they start to talk about how you know they start to include Atlanta in a lot of their marketing tools and a lot of their like they're, you know, they're starting to talk about some of the things that that Georgia Tech was doing, and you, you know, you're 90 minutes from Atlanta, dude. There's nothing metro Atlanta about Athens. Nothing. It's a completely different vibe. It's a completely mm-hmm. different place. It's a completely different group of people. Um, you know, sure, you can go get plastered in downtown Athens like you used to be able to do in Buckhead, but the life in Athens is not the life in downtown. No, Atlanta. no, you have a you have a square. You yep. have a, a big block, and I get there's right. a lot, you know, a lot of bars, a lot of restaurants. But it's it's not as central as Atlanta, I and mean, you just can't. There's no comparing no. the two. It's no. it's apples to oranges. There's just no even reason to try to compare the two. And I'm hoping that we've we've gotten to the point where Atlanta and Georgia Tech are going to embrace the culture and understand. Hey, we have a we have something here. Yeah, let's build on it. Yep. So yeah. So let, let's get into the rankings. Really, we'll move on to the rankings. Um, 
you know, we've we've expressed our you know disagreement with the AP poll and then putting the Pac-12 back in the top ten weeks before they even get in. You know, putting Ohio State back in the top you know ten as well. And for, you know, part of me, you know, I can understand it, but I'm seeing a lot of sports media members out here after each week posting their top ten, and I'm seeing a lot of them having Ohio State at like one. You know, moving um, Oregon into like eight. Right. And I'm like, wait, like, hold on a second. Ohio State hasn't played a game yet. Right. And you're putting them over a Clemson who's dominated, over an Alabama, regardless of last week, you know, winning their games. All these teams, just because you're assuming what's going to happen when they start back. Like, give them a week to play. Like, if Ohio State comes in and just molly wops Nebraska week one of their season, you know, 63 points, First game of the of the season, mid October. Yeah, okay, throw them back in the top four. Top four, not one, because you have Clemson and Alabama who have a resume right now. Mm-hmm. You know, weeks of football played, mm-hmm. not just a game. And I just it really rubs me the wrong way. These people are just you know taking it upon themselves. But oh yeah, well their season has is going to start. So I'm gonna. I think Ohio State's the best team in the country. These you know, rankings are, especially the preseason rankings, are built on what your your expectations, right? Sure. Yep. It's all expectations. At this moment, it's not about expectations anymore. You have teams that have played games. Right. So you can't put a team with expectations over teams that actually have a resume to to go on. Sure. I, I don't I don't disagree. <laughs> I uh you know, is Ohio State one of the most talented teams in the country? They are, right? And and I don't think that's that's disputable. Um but, you know, the the the, the other aspect to that is I mean, you look at Florida State. They've had one of the most talented rosters the last six years, according to all the recruiting rankings. And that's a team that can barely get to six wins, right? Yeah. So it, it does. Talent doesn't matter. It's what you do with that talent. It's how you develop it, and it's how you coach them and play them up and everything else. And so, look, I get it. You know, everybody loves Justin Fields. Um, everybody loves Ohio State. Somehow, you know, they're you know they're you know a dominant program despite only having one national title but and by the way here's here, Ohio State people just need to shut the fuck up at this point right like I'm really tired I can't disagree with that you see my hat well I'm just I'm, here's why I'm tired of listening to Ohio State people since 1970 they have the same amount of national titles as Clemson does since 1980 yeah Right, like they want to. Here's here's something, people, that I wish everybody would abide by. If you weren't alive to see your team win a title, it doesn't count. The shit they won back in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and 50s doesn't count. If you are under the age of 60, the shit they won in the 60s doesn't count. Like I'm just, I'm really tired of people going, "Well, we have 11 titles." Right, dude, but you've seen two of them. And it's also it's a lot of cherry picking because oh, yeah. if you're talking to a fan. About the the present, they bring up the fu- They bring they bring up the the past. Right. If you talk about the past, they reference the future. <laughs> it's like there's no winning. If you're talking to a Georgia fan about you know their their success now, they're like, well, you haven't done anything since so and so years ago. But if you're like, okay, well, we have you know this amount of championships over us. Well, you haven't won anything in the last ten years. <laughs> yeah, neither have you. <laughs> exactly. I, I just yeah, I'm just I'm really and I don't care what the sport is. I'm just no. really tired of fans talking about well, you know, Yankees fans. Well we have thirty championships. Dude, you, you want lost al- the Rays. You weren't alive to see twenty five of them. <laughs> like get off your high horse already. I'm just I'm tired of that argument too, man. Like honestly you look at kids in college football right now, the kids that are playing, the kids that are coming up, they don't give a shit about anything that happened before 2000. Nope. 
So any title that you won before 2000 doesn't count. I mean, it, it goes to show that's why Oregon got so popular. Oregon doesn't have a super winning tradition. No. They were flashy. Kids wanted the flash, so they started going to Oregon. So it goes to your point. Like, you know, the history, yes, it matters, but it's not what matters the most. No. History matters to fans. It doesn't matter to the current kids. It sure as hell doesn't matter to coaches. Like, it matters to fans, and it's one of the dumbest um, – it's one of the the most ridiculous things that, that fans can spout out. Well, we have 32 national titles. Okay, so does fucking Princeton. Like, it just, you know, so does Army. Like, it, it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous that people keep bringing all this nonsense up, right? Like, you know, take LSU, for instance. You know what? The first year that LSU had a, it, they had one eleven one season in 58, another one in 61. Uh, and then they didn't have another t- double-digit winning season until 87. Right, so before, like before their run in two thousand one with Nick Saban, they were an average football team. They weren't great, but you talk to LSU people and you think that they were one of college football's greatest of all time, and they simply weren't. Most of these programs don't even know their own damn history. No, I mean before. I mean there was a giant gap between Alabama being good. Yo, yeah. I mean before Nick Saban was there. The team was terrible. Alabama was the laughing stock of the SEC. Yeah, because you had you had coaches using uh, uh, school credit cards at strip clubs. Yeah, I mean like, they, they were, were a laughing stock, and then but people forget that, and they only think about Alabama being as dominant as they are because right. they are dominant now. But like I said, I mean most early two thousands nineties Alabama was a joke. Yeah, like it, I, I don't know, man. I I can only assume that that fans that keep bringing up old shit, their parents were related before marriage. Like that's the only <laughs> thing I can keep coming back to. And on that note, we'll switch topics. <laughs> um, we're gonna it's it's a stretch here to make this college related since we are a college football podcast. But this is the big news this week if you live in, in Georgia, and it's been something that's been coming for some say over a year, if not more than a year. But the Falcons finally pulled the trigger oh, geez, on letting go there. of Dan Quinn. Yep. And they doubled up by getting rid of Thomas Dimitrov, which yep. I think was a smart move as well. Yep. So the coaching carousel begins for the Falcons. Yep. Do you think that they go the college route and pull somebody, an elite college coach, to come to the Falcons? So I, I wrote an article that I posted on Monday over at <laughs> give them um, give them the link. What's what's what is it? At, at bloggingdirty.com. Okay. Uh, look, I've got three. I've got three coaches that I think are viable actual um, coaching candidates. Only one of them is from college. Okay. Uh, obviously, Eric Bieniemy is, is the big one, right? Like that's who everybody wants. He's the big name because of Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Brian Dabble, the, the former uh, Alabama offensive coordinator, who's now the offensive coordinator up there in Buffalo, uh, I think he is a a high candidate as well. The guy from college that I have is actually your guy, Jim Harbaugh. Okay, uh, you know Harbaugh has has secretly no, you know told people for a while he wants to get back to the NFL. Uh, I think. Most Michigan fans have known that that they weren't going to keep him forever. Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't think he was a long term fix. No, um, and, and I I think when you look, you know, he obviously has a reputation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you look, his worst season as an NFL head coach was eight and eight. Yep. Um, you know, first three years in San Francisco, three straight NFC Championship games. That dude won with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. Uh, and even before he left San Francisco. They offered him an extension. He didn't want to stay because the then GM was fucking terrible and was either everybody was retiring or everybody he was trading away everybody because nobody wanted to be there. G- and play Jim for wanted him. he wanted more con- he wanted more control than they yeah, wanted to give him. Correct. And he finally was like, "Screw it, I'm out." Exactly. Right. His contract ended. He didn't renew, and he, he went and took the Michigan job. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I think, you know, people don't like Harbaugh because, you know, he's a guy who loves to speak, you know, out of turn. And, mm-hmm. But, you know, you want a winner in the NFL, and he has already proven to be a winner in the NFL. And so I think those are the three most viable candidates. Yeah, and I, I'm not disillusioned that he is not – that Michigan is not an elite program. They were. They're not right now. And the fact that he come in – name. They're an elite name, yes. An elite brand, yes. Yes, but as a, as a program right sure. now, they're not. Sure. You know, you look at what they were before he got there. You know, Brady Hoke had one good season. Um, Rich Rod, I call that the dark ages. We were terrible. We were, And we were average under Carr in the last part of his, his tenure at Michigan. And then Harbaugh comes in, and I get that a lot of fans had just giant expectations for him. And I feel like he met most of them. Right. I mean, two seasons – he was two plays from a, from the playoff. Mm-hmm. He was a block punt by Mich- by Michigan State for making the playoff, and he was a fourth and one against Ohio State for making the playoff. Sure, I mean he's won ten ten games multiple seasons, mm-hmm. you know. So doing what he's done with this program on top of what he did in the NFL, I mean you look at some of the the most elite coaches who try to make that transition to the NFL doesn't work. Nick Saban, right, just was terrible at Miami, had to go back to college. Yep, um, Chip Kelly. Amazing at Oregon, come to the NFL, couldn't really get it done with the Eagles. Right. And you get a lot of those a lot of those guys that come into the NFL and can't make that transition. Right. Harbaugh's gone back and forth and won at both levels. Yeah. San Diego State, he was winning. San Comes Diego, in, San Diego. I'm sorry, San Diego yep. was winning. It was uh Stanford. It was Hoke was at San Diego State, yes. my bad. He's still Sta- he's uh, back there now. Yes. Stanford mm-hmm. won at Stanford. Went to uh San Francisco, won at San Francisco, mm-hmm. goes to Michigan, wins at Michigan. So he is a winner. And as much as I would hate to see him go, it would be nice to still keep him you know, keep him home technically as a Falcons coach. Yeah. So I, I think those are the only three you're going to see a lot of names. I think the dumbest name that, that people throw out right now is Lincoln Riley. No, it's uh, never going to happen. He just signed a huge extension yeah. at Oklahoma. Dabo Sweeney's not leaving Clemson mm-hmm. anytime soon. Uh, so, you, you know, when you look at these openings, whether you're talking about the jets or you're talking about the Falcons or whoever else is going to have openings this year, the Texans obviously have one, uh, you know, you, I don't know that you're going to see any big-time college guy. Nick Saban's not leaving Alabama. His next step is retirement. Yep. Uh, so, you know, you look at all of that stuff, I just don't see how uh, any of that, uh, any of those guys leave, uh, at least the elite guys. Maybe you see some, you know, somebody, you know, get a uh, – maybe you, you see an assistant go be an assistant for us, like you saw Joe Brady last year make mm-hmm. the transition to, to uh, Charlotte. I just there. I don't see any big name other than Harbaugh. There won't be any big name college guys leave the game. Yeah, and you know, realistically, do I think Harbaugh leaves? You know, at the end of the season, I, I don't think so. But I could see it happening. Sure. For Lincoln Riley, though, the the one thing I will say, and I know he just signed the big extension, but he he signed that extension when things were on a high, right? Like they had you know multiple champion or multiple playoff appearances. You know, Heisman winners. Now they're, you know, what, they're 2-2 two and two right now? You know, things are kind of rocky. I'm not, you know, I think depending on the rest of the season, like if things continue to go south, I think it's more real, it's more, I guess, uh, they'll entertain it more. I think it's more entertainable for people to think, okay, hey, Oklahoma finished with three or four wins. Could Lincoln Riley leave? And, you know, I think that could be a possibility, but if, if things turn around, I don't think he does. But I do I do believe that because everything was on a high note when he signed this contract extension and everything like that, if things go south, Oklahoma's not real big on on, uh, on long leashes. I know they did with Bob Stoops for a while, but after that, it's just eh. So. 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see if any college coaches actually get posted or not. You gotcha. And we got, we got a few more minutes here, and we're going to go completely off college football. And, and the only reason is because we are here in Atlanta, and we're actually experiencing some fun times as, as an Atlanta sports fan. The Braves have been playing unbelievable baseball. Um, and against the Dodgers, who everybody just assumed was going to sweep their way to the World Series. Mm-hmm. Granted, the Braves almost pulled in Atlanta last night and let the Dodgers come back. Do you think they can sweep the Dodgers? No, I don't. I, I um, you know, especially you look at, you know, Kyle Wright going tonight here in game three. I think they lose this one. Um, game four, they've already announced that I think Bryce Wilson was going to start. So you're already almost feel like you're giving up games three and four, mm-hmm. hoping to get back to games five and six. Uh, when you can throw, you know, Ian Anderson and, and uh, Max Freed back out there again. Uh, so, I, no, I, I, I said going into this, I thought the Braves would win in six. I still think Braves win in six. Uh, and then hopefully, you know, that means that uh, our podcast next week is either coming out on Wednesday or Thursday because I'll be in Arlington. Exactly. He's already said, he's like he texted me uh, a few days ago. He goes, hey, man, just so you know, um, if the Braves make it to the World Series, I will not be here next week. So yep. he is going to make that trip, which is amazing. And, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard this fact, but I'm going to give it out again because I think it's a very interesting fact. The last time the Braves won a championship, was in a shortened season. And they swept the Reds in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. It's a very interesting. A little what, parody there. Whatever it takes. Yeah, so a little little parody there. And also, I, I think, you know, I, I said this from the beginning of the – well, not the beginning of the playoffs, but once they were winning, you know, beginning of the season, everybody on Twitter was just – you know, I think the Braves were like 2-2, two and two, and they were like, oh, burn it down. The season's done, blah, blah, blah. Pitching staff's terrible, la, la, la. Here we are. And other than last night, the Braves pitching, and it wasn't even last night, one inning last night. One inning with a guy that shouldn't even be exactly. on the fucking roster. Exactly. So they have shut out mm-hmm. every team they played. It's nuts. Yep. That you, that, that the pitching would be what is carrying into the playoffs when the bats have been what's carried through the entire season. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's been fun, man. Uh, you know, they've shown that if they can get, you can get through the, the initial starter that you get to a bullpen, and, and they seem to tear up bullpen. So uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Maybe maybe they shock everybody, uh, and then maybe we'll, we'll stop having to listen to A-Rod and, and all those jackasses talk about how the Dodgers are still, you know, the team to beat. Right. I know, man. Last night after the break. I mean, I get it. I understand the Dodgers came back, made it close, whatever. The Braves are still up 2-0, and all you're talking about are the Dodgers. Yep. You're not talking about the fact that the Dodgers, who were the favorite to win the World Series, are down 2-0 right. in, the, in the NLCS. You're talking about, oh, they still have a chance. Instead of like talking what the actual talking right. point should be, that they're struggling against a team that no one believed in this year until you know they started they got on a hot streak and, and whatnot. Everybody always questioned the pitching staff. But, and, yeah, and I get it, though, right? Like, no team ever, has ever been up 2-0 in a 60-game season and won the World Series, so I understand. <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for us on Episode 6 of Hitting the Gap Podcast. You can follow us on social media, Hitting T Gap. Jeff, what's yours? At Sports on Twitter. And you can follow me on Twitter at JRansomTV. So stick around. A lot more to come. Uh, if you're you know listening to this tonight, Braves might be winning. Who knows? And uh, we'll see you next week, hopefully, if Jeff's if Jeff's here <laughs> and not at the World Series. So have a good weekend. Enjoy some football. We'll see you next time.